0: going to just preach very quickly here this morning as we wrap up and what God is saying and what God is doing to us. Here we have our stones that we've been writing on over the last kind of couple of weeks and it just looks like a pile of stones right now and that but it's significant to what God has been saying to us as a community over these last five six weeks when we've been doing this okay and it's been a, a marked moment for us Honestly, through all that we've been walking through in the background, this has been significant because this is what it is about building the spiritual house of God. So just, you know, going back to Tabu sharing on the family day, to Tony sharing so beautifully about Living Stones and Kathleen preaching about Goshen and all that's been playing in our hearts and what we've been walking through. Okay, I want you to also, what I've realized is there's a number of people who haven't been able to make the meetings on a Sunday, and I think of Beth Spiron, and I think of John and Kathy Manuel, and uh, um, Kathy Koenig. You know, if you know those people and they haven't had a chance to write their name on a stone, make an effort. I'll contact them and ask them if someone's been there to go and do that, be inclu- including everybody in what God is saying to us. I want to refer to two passages, well, a number of passages this morning as we wrap this up. Joshua 7, okay. And I know it sounds feels weird in the room after such a big announcement, and you just carry on. You know, God spoke to us. And that morning that we had our Peaceable Elders meeting, I dropped Ella at school, and I rode over a of Zavech. And it was one of those very, 5th of May was a very misty morning. And there was just, you know, when you're above the clouds, and there was just mist across the city. And God said to me, lift your head out of the clouds. This is just a moment in time, and keep going. You have to keep going. The enemy wants to pull down, distract, and to, to hinder us is what we're running around. We keep going. We, we have done everything we can, but we keep going. We keep pursuing. Joshua chapter 7 is reference to the place where Joshua, and then we're going to go and defeat the people of I, Ai. That's a different word if you say Ai today. That means a whole lot of different things. eh? Okay? But the people of Ai, they were going to go up against them to battle and to fight. And, but what happened is that they were actually not obedient to the Lord because somebody in the camp, and this is what I referred to last year sometime, I said, God told me there's sin in the camp. And the reference to what played out here was that they went and took on the Amalekites and they lost the battle. And then they were, you know, crying before the Lord um, and the, the city of Ai, they kind of fought up against them, and the line and the hearts of the people melted and became like water, and Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the face of the earth before the ark of the Lord until the evening, he and the elders of Israel, and they put dust on their heads. They were trying to figure out, we've lost this battle, why? And as the story goes on, as I explained, and I've said yet before, the son of Achan, and he hid stuff, and he took the devoted things, and he hid them in his tent, and as it played out, um, he, he was, he was instrumental in God seeing sin in the camp and they lost that battle against I. And, um, what I want to make reference is what it's, when it speaks about the city of Ai, it always very closely refers to the city of Bethel. It speaks about the city of Bethel very closely. So if you read in Joshua 8, verses 15, it said, And Joshua and all Israel pretended to be beaten before them. Now they're going up against them a second time. They've consulted the Lord, and they're going up with a new strategy of how to win the battle. Okay? And, uh, but we did not... But he did not know that there would an ambush against him against the city. Sorry, I'm reading the long line. And Joshua, all in Israel, pretended to be beaten before them, and they fled in the direction of the wilderness. So all the people who were in the city were called together to pursue them, and they pursued Joshua, and they were drawn away from the city. Not a man was left in Ai, Ai or Bethel who did not go out of Israel. They left the city open and pursued Israel and that was a con to get them all out the city they came from behind they took everything and they beat them and then they took them from the front because their hearts melted and they were defeated as the people of Ai and Bethel okay the word I, Ai A I I the reference to what that city actually means is a pile of ruins or a pile of stones just a pile there's nothing really to it okay but if you go much earlier into the narrative of the Bible. And you go to Genesis 28. That's the story where Jacob dreamt about these angels ascending and descending from heaven. And what did he call the place? He called the place Bethel. Now, you see, when it says Ai and Bethel, those two cities are so closely related. The people of Israel, they knew the history of this place. They knew the battles that had taken place and how Joshua, the first name of the city, was called Luz. But then he renamed the place and called it Bethel. Now, if you understand the, the, the sort of Jacob in that place of Bethel, if you understand Jacob's story, he deceived his brother by stealing his birthright and the blessing from his father. But yet God had chosen him to kind of walk through, and how that'll play out, God is in his wisdom knows that. And Isaac had to send him away from them, and Jacob's dream took place where he took a stone and made a pillar, and he anointed the place, and he called the place Bethel. Now it's quite interesting how those two cities, Ai, Ai and Bethel, are closely related. Ai means a pile of stones, pile of rubble. Bethel means the house of God and being built up as a spiritual house. That's what we've been referring to about the living stones. And we see how the reference to this place was significant for the people of Israel. So what we're saying with these two cities, Ai represents man's own own way and his disobedience to God's voice, the leading and the instruction of the Lord, which will lead to losing the battle and there was sin in the camp. But if we represent from a place of Bethel and see what that represents, it represents the place of, Beth, uh, of blessing and obedience to God's voice, leading and instruction upon the life of the people. So Bethel is a place of encounter. Okay, marked and remembered by all of Israel. And even to this day, because the word of God reflects it, we remember that place. There are hundreds and thousands of churches called Bethel. Okay, because it's the house of God, the house of the Lord. And it was a place of remembrance to what God has done earlier through their forefather, Jacob. And that's a big indicator of the people of God of remembering, having remembrance of what God has done for his people. So the fight in Bethel, in that area of Ai and Bethel, was very significant for the people of God and what those two cities represented. Again, Ai meaning a pile of ruins, but Bethel meaning the house of God being built up. So you need to make a choice when it comes to you. As, as we understand, as, as as Moses and as Jacob and everybody can pursue the people, obey because you will receive blessing and victory. Disobey, you will bring upon curse and defeat. That's what Joshua was saying. As for me, you guys, you choose, but I'm asking, as for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord, and we're going to honor Him. And I want to refer to a few passages here this morning that speak of this thing of remembrance. Remembrance. See, we haven't just done this just because it's a nice, it's such a lacquer idea to write our names on stones. We are doing this because it's a marked moment in time of where we live. And we will have this on display to look and go, remember. Remember God's goodness. Your kids that are now two, three years old and don't remember, in five, six years time, they'll be nine, ten, and they'll be like, what's that, Dad? Why, Why do you have all those stones up on the wall?" It's a sign of remembrance for us to be able to tell. And I want to reference some, some verses here. If you're reading Exodus 17, this is where Moses and Joshua is down below, and they're fighting against the, I think it's the Malachites again, okay? And he's up on the hill. Every time he lifts his staff, they win the battle. And his arms were going weary, it says, and tired. And so um, Aaron and Hur came and stood, get a, get a rock so that he can sit on, and they stood beside him, and they raised his arms so that they could win the battle. And this is the line that it says at the end of um, Exodus 17, well, verse 14, it says, he built an altar to the Lord in remembrance of the victory against the Amalekites. Yes, we faced many battles, but you are sitting here as a sign of victory after what we've walked through over these last few years. Joshua 4, as they've crossed over the Jordan River, and God parts the waters for them, and the Ark of the Covenant leads forward, and the... yeah. It's millions of people cross over the Jordan River. He says as they cross over, get 12 stones out of the river. And they take the 12 stones of them for the camp and they build an altar. And, it's, and it says that they that took the 12 stones and built a memorial before the Lord to remember. Let me just read there, Joshua 4. Let's just go there. So it's me and Joshua. Ready? Joshua 4. And he says, When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priests' feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed a man from every tribe, and Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and take each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number. Of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, What do these stones mean? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, and when he passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. This is powerful. Then later on in Joshua 24, Okay, he he, after he's saying to them, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And he asks for a large stone to be brought as a witness to that you've said you will serve the Lord. This stone is a testimony and a witness to what you have declared before the Lord, that you would live in obedience and honest to what you've said and not again turn away from the things of the Lord. So what Exodus is, is a testimony of God's victory over our enemies that memorial stone that's placed. Joshua, a memorial of God making a way for us to cross over to the other side of the Jordan and enter our promised land so that we can tell our children of God's faithfulness. In Joshua 24, a witness to the people saying, we will obey and serve the Lord as he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now those are all covenant contexts. We don't necessarily live in, in that kind of environment where we built altars and that all over the place. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The altar is your heart where you build upon the remembrance and the remembering and the goodness of what God has built into your life, and that's what you build upon. This is just going to be a physical sign for us as a memorial to remind us of what God has done, that what we've come through in this last season. So if we look in new covenant contexts and that word memorial and that being used again as a remembrance to something, the story in Matthew 26 where Jesus is in Bethany, and this woman comes and anoints him with this expensive oil. And perf- I think it's the oil in this one. And it says he, she pours it over his head. I remember, my dad was Drew, Drew Lamb. She felt an unction from the Lord. Drew went to be with the Lord about, I don't know, four or five years ago. She was 95, 94. And one day she felt an urge from the Lord to go to my dad in his office and to anoint him with oil. And she poured a whole liter of sun loyal, sunlight oil. Sun, not sunlight, sunflower, sunflower oil all over his head. Things were sticky from then. And he's been a slippery character ever since, eh? Sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Sure. But it says there in that verse, if you read Matthew 26, verse 13, um, Matthew 26. Now, this is interesting. It's right after he's spoken about all the end time stuff. And he's in Bethany, and Judas is about to betray him, and uh, he's anointed at Bethany. And this is what Jesus says about this. Why do you trouble the woman? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you will always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it in preparing for my burial. Truly, I say to you, whenever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. it's written. It's, her story has been preached millions of times over the last 2,000 years. What she did as an act of faith to anoint and to pour out upon Jesus in just affection has been remembered forever. He was doing a memorial for her. And then that very same word about the being done in memory of her is used in Acts 10 when Cornelius, the Gentile, has an encounter with the Lord and the angel comes to speak to him. And let's just read that part as well. So I'm jumping a lot here, but you can, I'm not hearing pages. I'm over here and you're clicking on your, on your devices, eh? Um, and Caesarea, so there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion, who was known as an Italian cohort, a devout, devout man who feared God with all his household. Remember, he's a Gentile now. And what did Tino refer to? That Gentile, that Canaanite woman. There were two instances where Jesus responded to faith from the Gentiles, was the Canaanite woman and the centurion. He says, I've never seen faith like this. And he responded to their faith and gave them the miracle that they were pressing in for. A, a, a devout man who feared God with all his household gave alms generously to the poor and prayed continually God. And about the ninth hour of the day, he saw a clear, clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and say to him, Cornelius. And he stared at him in terror and said, what is it, Lord? And he said to him, your prayers and your alms basically you giving to the poor, have ascended as a memorial before God. Which is very interesting that his prayers built up remembrance in God's heart about his faithfulness in that he wasn't even a believer of Jesus at that time. Because this Acts 10 is where our hope as Gentiles arrived. Because Peter came to Cornelius' house and shared the gospel, and they all received Jesus. And then they came back, even the Gentiles are following the ways of the Lord. And that's where a lot of tussles and fights came about. No, this is for the Jews, and they've rejected, and the whole lot of those stories that played out there. But your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Remembrance. God is remembering your prayers. Don't think you're praying to avoid people. He wasn't even. He wasn't even a believer of Jesus or a believer of the way at that time, okay? And then obviously we all know the the, the big one really is the celebration of what we do when we celebrate and we take communion of what Jesus has done for us. And this is as a memorial, as a remembrance of his death and his resurrection for us. It's very powerful. So the act of affection and honor to Jesus from that woman as a burial preparation has been remembered for 2,000 years. She broke protocols. But she was going to do it for honor and recognition of him as Messiah. That same word, as I said in Matthew 26, okay, this surely speaks of our persistence in prayer and offerings to God and also before the gospel of the kingdom is received from Peter. So, what does it mean for us that we look at these stones as just a physical sign? Okay, this, as I've said, here, is a memorial and a remembrance of all that we've walked through. You know, driving here now, it was a year ago that Kathleen and I and the whole family had COVID. It was a bit of a non event and that but it was like a year ago. And I remember the fear on Kathleen, because she's asthmatic, and I remember that day she was like she got her phone and she's like, I'm positive. And I remember going like, Oh, do I back off <laughs> or do I go closer? And I remember giving her a big hug, going, You know what? We're gonna get through this. And it was right over Ella's birthday this time last year, and there we were preaching from different rooms in the house over Zoom, trying to make church normal. It's not normal. That wasn't normal. This gathering here, see how different it is? The power of being together, worshiping, feeling the presence of God, hearing big issues that are taking place in the life of what God is doing in the church, and all these things are playing out. We stand firm, we keep holding, all those things. But look where we've come from, folks. If you just reflect a little bit of the emotional states we've been in through these last series of time, but here we are, worshiping with fresh faith in our hearts, and these stones will be a remembrance to us. We push through, folks. We're still standing. We're still here, believing what God has done for us as a community, okay, because we're going to need each other going forward, okay, and the the joy is that these stones are not just limited to this house. You know, we've got friends in the DRC, Antoine and Mati, who are birthed out of here that are living stones building a spiritual house in that nation, We've got Morton and Lizzie who are in Malawi in Blantyre, who are building a a community of people as living stones that have been birthed out of this house. And there will be many more that will come from this place and what God is going to continue to do to us around the nations and around this nation as we believe God doing a great thing as we remember His goodness. We remember His faithfulness. (laughs) And He is so faithful in all that we do. Okay. So what we're going to do now is we're going to do this declaration together about unity and the oneness of spirit okay that's what we hold on to and these stones are a sign of our unity of our oneness in spirit as we walk forward in what god is doing for us in this place let's stand together and we'll declare this this is based upon the psalm 133 where the brethren dwell together in unity And what always rings in my head is Farnes' words of, you already have unity. Okay, Jesus has given you unity. It's what you live it out and and believe it and walk it out in faith to do it. So let's do this together in faith, okay? Unity with the body of Christ. We declare that you live in harmony and unity with your fellow believers. We prophesy that a sense of kinship resides in your spirit that enables you to maintain oneness with your brothers and sisters in Christ. May you be able to properly discern the Lord's body in truth and love. We say the power of misunderstanding, division, miscommunication, and discord are broken and replaced by communication, understanding, and agreement. May you be able to find places of peace and harmony even with those with whom you cannot see eye to eye on certain viewpoints. May you be free from any hurts or feelings of betrayal caused by a brother or sister in the Lord. May the ability to forgive be the element that reigns supreme in your heart, and we say you experience the pleasant that comes from being united. We decree you are able to effectively function in the local body and supply a positive contribution to the kingdom of God. May your unity with the body of Christ Descend like the oil of the Holy Spirit upon your life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, we want to thank you that we can declare these words because they are your words speaking over your body. You said, to your, you said to your disciples in, in John 17 that you've made them one with the Father, just as he is one with the Father. And because of that oneness now, Lord, we stand in unity in this place. And we want to thank you that these stones re, re, resemble a remembrance in our hearts of your faithfulness to us we've stood, we've gone through the storm, and we are believing that you are going to pour out more and more in these days upon your ecclesia, and we stand in unity, and we arise with faith in our hearts, and we honor you today by the power of our King Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you, everybody. Have a fantastic day, and uh, be blessed. Amen.